When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's the Score North Twin Show. And yes, it is the Score North Twin Show. It's Judd, it's Declan, Phil is um, podcast movement conventioning in Denver, so he is not going to join us. But who needs him? Because we've got a three-pack of questions on the Twins, where Declan is very well prepared. And then we have an immaculate grid. Yes, this show was dead for two years, but you know what? It has risen. It has risen, just as the Twins have, no matter how bad the division is. Uh, Six-game lead, if I'm not mistaken now, against the Guardians who the Twins should send a Christmas card to, thanking them for punting on the season. Uh, A two-game series, by the way, beginning against the Brewers uh, today, which is Tuesday in Milwaukee. So we'll talk plenty about that uh, tomorrow. Uh, But, Declan, are you ready for the three-pack of Twins questions that I have drawn up for you? Because I know that that you spent a lot of time last night um, grinding through your research, your prep for the show. I did, man. I did. Uh, I'm very excited for this little three pack. I, I I had to kind of pull a power move on you. You know, you gave me the first three. We're going to go down in this order. And then I said, hey, no, we should do this one first. Then this morning, I threw you another curveball. Yeah, you started said, whining Wait, about the order is, is yeah. what you did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm not sure I mean, it was a well, power move so much as a Carl Anthony Towns referee whining. I was going to say. Your- it's more it's more of making the best lineup. I kept, I kept tweaking the lineup. I kept yeah, just like did. I'm doing with both of these, okay? I kept tweaking my lineup until I figured out, okay, I got both these, I think, down to a, to a good That's very start. well put. That's very well put. Okay, so right now, um, if the season ended today, if the regular season ended today, the Twins would play Seattle in the first of a uh, best-of-three series at Target Field. And it's possible that Toronto – I mean, that there's going to be a lot of jockeying for position for what is basically the third – wild card which is what the twins are going to get but right now the twins likely would face the mariners right-hander lewis castillo in the first game wayne kirby would probably be the game two guy for the m's so and we've done this before but this was with a full full time for you 12 hours to think about it castillo is a right-hander what would your ideal lineup be both from a construction standpoint of the lineup itself from an offensive standpoint, but also who plays where in game one as the twins try to end an 18 game playoff losing streak. All right. So uh, I remembered Max Kepler this time. I'll get into that in a little bit. I know last time I did this, I I forgot about uh, Max Kepler. So could you remember him this time? Don't get me wrong. I have tweaked this. This is actually uh, became a little bit more difficult than the left-handed one and the left-handed one. You can make the cases like good luck with if they have to face a left-handed starter. I had a little bit of trouble here, but most of these guys in the Twins lineup hit 
uh, righties pretty dang well. So I'm going to give you this, Jed. I'm going to go you one through nine with the positions next to him, uh, and maybe a little bit of a twist at the end of this lineup as well. Okay. So cool. Uh, leading off for me, Edward mm-hmm. Julian at DH. Mm-hmm. So Julian, I, I, he is he has scuffled a little bit in August, uh, but still on the season a nine. 40 OPS against left-handed hit, uh, pitching, 306 uh, uh, batting average. He hits lefties very, very well. He's DHing. The glove is not near him. Right. He's DHing to lead things off for me. Gets on base too. Yes, yes. Like he does. can prolong at bats. So yes, mm-hmm. agree with you completely. Batting second for me is Royce Lewis, and yep. at third base. Yep. So Royce Lewis uh, also he actually does hit lefties better than righties, but. At the same time, still a, a grid average, 310 batting average, 800 OPS. Great guy, can take some pitches. He is batting second for me. Okay. Agree with that completely. Batting third is Max Kepler. Yep. So yep. we're, we're going to, I really want to try my best just to, and, and I know he's, uh, you're, you're going to see a lot of right handed pitching here in this lineup, but Kepler's batting from the left side of the plate. He slugs very well against right handed pitching. He has a 480 slugging percentage. Um, you can make a case actually that the four, five, and six guys might be able to bat ahead of him. Uh, but for me, I'm batting him third in this lineup. I think against a right hander, I think you're exactly right. And look, I mean, the way that he's played for the past couple months now, right. he he deserves that. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. he he was a DFA candidate, I think, at one point, but he has had a resurgence. I, I don't think any fan would argue with Kepler batting third in a playoff game against a right handed starter. Right. I don't think there's a problem there. It's fine. It's good. Okay. All right. Batting cleanup. And this is an assumption. Uh, we talked with Dukes a little bit on his status. We still don't really know when he's going to come back, but I, I have Alex Kirloff right now batting cleanup at first base. Okay. So I, I know that we're still up in the air on his status. Uh, what we're about seven weeks away from the playoffs starting in major league baseball. There's still time to get ramped up a little bit, but on the season, Alex Kirloff has an 878 OPS against right-handed pitching. He's hitting above 300. Again, I mean, I have three guys in this lineup. Uh, the first four, Three of the first four hitters are all hitting above 300 against right-handed pitching. They hit for power. I have Kirloff batting fourth. Uh, keeping it going here. Again, with the more lefties. Matt Walner. Matt Walner is batting fifth for me in left field. Uh, you're muted, Judd. Oh, sorry about that. That's I, okay. This is getting dicey, I said. Yeah, okay. So uh, Walner. Matt Walner in left field, not almost a right. thousand OPS against right-handed pitching. He mashes right-handed pitching. Yep. He's batting fifth for me. Uh, okay. Batting six, Ryan Jeffers, uh, Royce's comeback player of the year, eight seventy-four OPS with a two ninety-nine batting average. Again, a lot of good players that can hit uh, uh, yep. can hit these guys very, very well. So uh, Matt Walner, or excuse me, Ryan Jeffers bats six. Matt Walner was batting fifth. Yep. I have Carlos Correa all the way down in the seventh spot. Yeah, that this ain't happening, but I I love where your head's at. All right. Rocco, I, well, the, Rocco ain't pulling the trigger on this line. Well, I shouldn't say Rocco. The Twins brass ain't pulling the trigger on this lineup. But yes, Here's I the agree. thing. I originally, I for the pride factor, had him higher. Judd, I can't bat any one of these guys. The, Carlos Correa cannot bat ahead of any of these first six guys I just listed. He can't. If, if they're, if they're face, facing a right-handed pitcher, he does not hit them well. Now, against lefties, he's very good against left-handed pitching. For yeah. all of Carlos Correa's warts this year, Correa yeah. actually rakes against left-handed pitching. And yeah. in a left-handed starter lineup, I actually have him, spoiler alert, I have him batting second in that in that spot. But mm-hmm. if it's against a righty, 
I cannot have any of these guys batting ahead of Carlos Correa. I don't care if he's your franchise player. I do not care about that. He's got to be batting seventh for me here. He's batting. He's either going to hit in the Twins lineup cleanup or or fifth. I know. He is. He's gonna. He'll leap Kirilov and Walner within and Jeffers. I think, but he for sure will not hit behind Walner and Jeffers. If no in way. the words of, in the words of sports said, call me. I will yeah, give I you your advice you. here. C- call me, and I will I agree, rock. But they never call. Sit down My with me, Jace. Rings. Jace Tingler, sit down with me. Derek, Jace I don't Tingler. care. Join, Jace you know? Tingler's not not in the room when they decide on this stuff. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. Okay, I so Korea seventh. I, I, like, I like what you're doing. I'm just saying, um, can you imagine the fallout if they attempted this? But I like what you're doing. Okay. More evidence okay. of why this is. Korea, of all these nine guys in the lineup, by the way, has the worst OPS yeah. against left against right-handed sure. pitching. Excuse me. The worst. And, their numbers are t- and, their, and, and they know that. Uh, Jorge yeah. Polanco bats eighth for me at second base. Jorge Polanco actually is, has been sneakily really good against right-handed pitching. Uh, 70, okay. 47 OPS. He he's also it seems like Jorge has a good knack for delivering in the clutch. I know he's batting low in this order, uh, but yep. with, with an eight hitter batting like that, you're you're okay with it. Okay. And then batting ninth, Byron Buxton in center field. Buxton. Now that I could now that would surprise me a little, but I could see. He has I could see them pulling there. the trigger on that. He has reverse splits this year. He's yep. better against right-handed pitching, shockingly, than against left-handed pitching. Yep. Uh, even in his struggles this year, he is slugging 460 against right-handed pitching this season. He has the ability yeah. to put a ball in the seats. That's all you can ask for. If, if At this point, from an offensive perspective, can yeah. Byron Buxton run into a baseball for you in October? That is, I think, the expectation for Buck. He's batting ninth for me. He's in center field. So your bench, by the way, would be Donovan Solano, which I know I get that, but Solano's Solano's just a a, a nice contact hitter, and I like him a lot. Uh, But he is coming off the bench and probably is a solid pinch hitting option if, you know, they they do bring in a lefty. Uh, But I have Donovan Solano, Kyle Farmer, uh, Christian Vazquez, and Michael A. Taylor as my bench guys in game one against a right-handed pitcher. And Taylor could have have to play at a moment's notice, given the fact yes. that Buxton is coming off a hamstring. Um, so I, I like it. I think that the Twins will hit Correa and Polanco, probably above Kirloff, Walner, Jeffers, um, and the Buxton thing. I think I, I could see the Buxton thing. Mm-hmm. He he wouldn't be happy, but I could see that the reverse splits there, and he's been out. Like who I could totally see that. When you say who wouldn't be happy about that? Buxton wouldn't be happy about that. If Batting Buxton hits ninth, I don't think he'd be happy about it. Mm-hmm. But but I think they. I don't know that they would fear that. I think they would fear what Correa. I think they would fear Correa's, um, attitude towards that. Okay. So okay. I think so. So I like the lineup a lot. I think Correa Polanco probably in, end up like four or five. Um. And this partially depends on does Kirilov come back like with the shoulder? Is he fine? Does he come back and scuffle? You know, he he de- he definitely now that we know that, that he had the shoulder, which I think he uh, got. I think he got hurt target field diving for a ball. He definitely was not taking good at bats after that. But if but if everybody's healthy, I like this idea, and I would love to see them do it. I just don't think they have the intestinal fortitude to pull the Polanco and Buxton one. I think they they might do the Correa one. He he's going to hit four or five. Like yeah. there's something about him. It's like they won't, you know, 
They won't abort that. They won't abandon that. But I love where your head's at here. And like, I get it. You might be making like you're just looking at spreadsheet numbers. Beep, bop, boop. You need you need Carlos Correa, who has playoff experience batting fourth and fifth. I legitimately cannot put him above any one of those top six guys. I can't. But your spreadsheet, but your spreadsheet actually says that what you're doing here makes the most sense. It's when yes. the spreadsheet meets personal uh, pride, and also I think that the Twins. I mean, if you hit Carlos Correa seventh, I don't know, and I don't know him, but I would take it there's a lot of pride there. Mm-hmm. But like, if you just went by a spreadsheet, if if this was a, a rotisserie baseball league team where you didn't have to deal with humans, what you did here actually makes the most sense. So that's what's sort of funny about this. Like at times like, well, we can't do that. It's like, well, hold on a second. You live by the spreadsheet and die by the spreadsheet until it's until you're afraid of the ramifications or fallout. So, okay, so that is your right against a right-handed starter. Go through that again, and then we'll do a a southpaw. Sure. Okay, so batting leadoff is Edward Julian at DH. Royce Lewis batting second at third. Max Kepler in right field batting batting third. Yep. Uh, Alex yep. Kirloff batting cleanup at first base, Matt Walner batting fifth at left field, Ryan Jeffers catching at, uh, at the sixth spot, Carlos Correa batting seventh at shortstop, Jorge Polanco batting eighth at second, Byron Buxton in center field rounding out. Okay. And so if you're, if you're up, let's say you're up um, by a couple of runs going into the seventh or eighth. Okay. And I don't know the answer to this, but my guess is he, it wouldn't be a huge problem. Michael A. Taylor as a defensive replacement in left for Walner because that gives you Kepler and right Taylor and left Buxton and center. It doesn't, that's a pretty damn good, but I think your lead would have to be enough where you didn't think it was going to go to extras. Cause that's my Edward Julian thing. Right. Hey, Julian's out of the game. Okay. Now the game's tied and Kyle farmers replaced Julian. So I would need to feel comfortable. At least I would do it potentially in the ninth. I would not do it in the seventh. I'd do it in the ninth. If, if that okay. two-run leads there in the ninth and Duran's in the game, okay, I'll do it. Okay, I'll do it. But Fair I can't. Do, I can't possibly sacrifice an AB for for Walner. That makes perfect sense. Okay. All right, left-handed pitching. Uh, our lineup against a left-handed starter, which is, in my opinion, very drastically different here. Okay. Drastically different from a righty. So batting leadoff at DH, Donovan Solano. Ooh. So I have Solano now entering the game, batting leadoff. At DH, 735 yep. OPS against lefties, 280 average. Again, not a lot of pop in Donny, Donovan Solano's bat, but I, I'm serious. Where would this team be without Donnie Barrels this season? He just gets solid base hits. Yeah. He doesn't, he's not flashy. He's good at bats. His defense is, is meh, but he hits at the plate, man. He's a solid hitter. I want him on top of my lineup if they're playing a left-handed, uh, left-handed starter. Okay. Interesting. Batting second, Carlos Correa at shortstop. So now I have Correa batting second. Uh, 870 OPS against left-handed pitching this year. He actually has the best OPS on the team against lefties. He deserves to bat second there. He does. Uh, mm-hmm. I know he's got double play warts as well, but he hits left-handed pitching very well. I have Correa at short batting second. Okay. Batting third is Royce Lewis. So Royce Lewis will still bat third in this lineup. Uh, 838 OPS. Royce Lewis, just a professional hitter, man. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a very solid hitter and who knows if he starts getting the hitting for more power. I mean, you're talking about a legit guy who was obviously the number one overall pick, but as comes to fruition, graduating from a top prospect into being a legitimate perennial MLB all-star, he's still batting at the top of my lineup, no matter what, cause he has very good splits against both. Absolutely. 
batting fourth, I'm going to put Ryan Jeffers. So Jeffers is in both of my lineups, regardless. Uh, a 793 OPS for Jeffers against lefties, 441 slugging, most mm-hmm. improved player. Uh, he deserves to bat cleanup here for me in this lineup. Wow, okay. I'm going to move up Jorge Polanco. Polanco, uh, 455 slugging percentage, 736 OPS. He'll bat fifth for me, and he'll play second base. Yep. So Jorge Polanco moves up from the eight spot to the five spot because he does hit lefties very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have Max Kepler down here at six. So Kepler okay. has become at least, I would say, average, respectable, if you want to put it that And that might be a little too kindly against lefties, but still 438 slugging. He can pull the ball against the lefty really well down the line. Um, 728 OPS. He's batting six for me. So he's batting uh, third against a righty for me, but he bats six for me against the lefty in right field too, by the way. And very solid, um, especially at home in yes. right field. Yes. He knows how like to play you that watch, well. Wal- watch Walner go back on balls and right and watch Kepler. It's yeah. an astounding, and I'm not, and I'm not criticizing Walner here. It's difficult, but just watch those two try to track balls going back towards the wall. And there is a huge discrepancy there. So this actually sixth is very fair. And again, Max Kepler for what? The last two months has been a different player. So the last three spots, this lineup was probably the most uh, I struggled with. This is difficult for me. I have three okay. positions left. I have three guys left to fill. And as much as I don't want to even see this guy on the team right now, I have Joey Gallo batting seventh and in left field. I, I think you could almost put yeah. a lot of okay. different options here. But Joey yeah. Gallo, 417 slugging percentage. Again, can he run into a baseball for you? I think you could put Jordan Luplo here. Like you could put a lot of different guys here. Who's going to uh, put the ball in play? That's what I no. want. I want the ball in play. I'm not worried about home runs here. I'm worried about who can put the ball in play. Now, where I will where I will agree with you is Joey Gallo is good in the outfield. I'm, He's not a or six, I should say yeah. in the corners. Yep. Center, I'm not sure about. But Joey Gallo is good. So, like, he is – it's not a, a defensive liability problem. But who's going to put the ball in play? I want the ball in play. And a lot of these big boppers that hit righties just don't hit lefties. Um, and that's sure. why I have Alex Kirloff batting eighth at, at first base because Alex Kirloff has five hits this season against left-handed pitching. Now, okay. I think it's only like 48 at-bats. He doesn't have a lot, but five hits this season total against lefties. That's why I asked Pat, do you even have him in the lineup? Like, I'm presuming health, okay, I get that, but he cannot hit lefties. He won't be in there, too. Yeah. Rocco wouldn't put so. him in there. No, 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 no. They they have proven, and, and I don't think that they're going to allow him to try to get that right in a playoff game. So yes, against the Southpaw, I would I would bet a lot of money that Kirloff will be on the bench for that game. And actually, Solano would probably be at first base. That could be a, yep. That could That's be the possible. possibility because I I don't think that they see I don't think they see Solano as a defensive liability at first. Like, he's not the greatest scoop guy, but he's also not a train wreck. I mean, we've seen train wrecks. Um, So, yes, I think Rocco would have, or the Twins, I should say. I shouldn't always blame Rocco. The Twins would have Kirloff on the bench against a left-hander and Solano at first. And then rounding things off, uh, Michael A. Taylor will get the start for me against a lefty. Uh, 443 slugging. Okay. Okay. He runs into some baseballs. He's got some decent pop. And Buxton's got the reverse splits. And reverse splits for Buxton. So you can't play Buxton. Correct. And Michael A. Taylor will round things out at center, which means my bench is Matt Walner, Byron Buxton, Christian mm-hmm. Vasquez, Edward Julian. Now, 
if they yeah. put in the righty, you got you got options here. You got Walner, you got Julian. You have options uh, to make a pinch hitting. Like no chance Joey Gallo plays all nine innings and gets all four at bats um, in this game. So you have options in a pinch hitting situation that we talked about yesterday in the fifth or sixth or the runner at second. Make a call if there's a righty that's coming in the game, uh, or a, yeah, if there's a righty coming into the game, put one of these dudes in that can absolutely bop them. Uh, but my lineup against left-handed pitching, I'll run this down one more time. Donovan Solano leads off at DH. Carlos Correa bats second at shortstop. Royce Lewis bats third at third base. Ryan Jeffers at catcher batting fourth. Jorge Polanco at second batting fifth. Max Kepler in right field batting sixth. Joey Gallo in left field batting seventh. Alex Kirloff at first base batting eighth. Michael A. Taylor in center field. Oh, interesting. Um, so, yeah, for, first of all, I think Karloff would be on the bench. I think Solano would be at first base. I don't think they would have, and I like the idea that you toyed with here, I don't think they would have Jeffers clean up. But, again, I could justify it. I get what you're saying. It feels like that they have, like, I feel like Jeffers would hit from six through nine somewhere, mm-hmm. probably six or seven. Um I think your top three might be on point. Exactly. Yeah. I think your top three, unless they let off Polanco, which is a possibility. Yeah. The left hand, the, Mm -hmm. if they go against the Southpaw, it definitely gets, I think a little bit more dicey um, because the, I guess the only bone I have to pick with what you have against a right-handed pitcher is how the guys stack up. Like, I think I agree with all the names. Um, I don't think, that, again, that they would have Correa. I don't think that they would have the guts to hit Correa seventh. But I think all the names that you have against a right-hander in, like, Castillo or Kirby are probably right. The left-hander is a little bit more difficult. I don't I don't know. Um, you know, if it was up to me, Joey Gallo would not be on my playoff roster. I just, right. I, I just don't see the use of it. But I guess you could say to what – to what you and Phil talk about, which is, can you run into a baseball? Now I would feel probably better about that as a pinch hitter than I would like with four at bats. Um, so go through your bench again for the Southpaw. So if, if they're facing a left-hander, go through your bench again. Yeah. My, my bench would be Matt Walner, Byron Buxton, okay. Christian Vasquez, Edward yep. Julian. So I think despite the reverse splits, I think, they would play Buxton. I think if Buxton really? can play, they'll play him. I am on I am on your side though. I don't think he gets a ticket to play every game. I don't think he has to. Um but if they were to open against and it probably wouldn't be the Mariners then. If they were to open against a left-handed starting pitcher, I think Buxton's in there if he can play. Um and I think Taylor's probably not. But I I, for the most part, aside from your gallow against a left-hander, and, and I just don't think that because of the, the fact that you talked about that Kirloff has five hits against Southpaws, I don't think Kirloff would play, and I think that they would play Buxton over Taylor. Um, but I like your Jeffers move. It's ballsy. I, it, takes some, it takes some guts. I think it makes the most sense, though. I mean... Yeah, I'm not even near debating you. I'm just saying I'm trying to think I'm trying to think in the con convoluted way sometimes that the twins think. Right. Um, which sometimes involves in what their opinion is the common sense of what the numbers tell them, and sometimes involves the actual players that they're either playing, not playing, or in their mind, they can't hit that low. And that goes for Korea. But I sort of like it. Yeah. I sort I of like the, it. 
I think yeah. the first three are the ones that, like th- those against the lefty, it will be some combination of those three at the top. I really think so. I think it'll be Solano, Correa, Lewis, however you want to organize it. I, those are your three best hitters against left-handed pitching. In my opinion, you have to have them one, two, three. Okay, so I think Solano is at first base okay. in that scenario. I think Kirilov's not playing. And, and you know what? They might DH Buxton then. Yeah. And, play and hit him low. Center. And hit him low. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, Kirilov, this team is not I, – I am on the play Kirilov train. Like, when he is healthy, it's my opinion that you need to get him – that you need to give him experience. Now, the playoffs might not be the place, but I think down the road, if he – stays healthy and that's a huge if that Alex Kirloff needs to play a ton um but that being said yeah I think that there is I think Solano plays first against a left-handed pitcher and I think Kirloff comes out and Buxton DHs I like it. good job man. Is, man thank you good job say save those for Phil because I'd, I'd like to I'd like to run those past Phil um the Jeffers move against a left-hander and the Correa hitting seventh against a righty is really intriguing um I don't think the twins will do it. I don't I don't think the twins will do it. Before we get to question two, which is going to be very controversial, Declan, let's talk about let's talk about perhaps uh two of our besides of, of course, in my case, my wife, in your case, fiance, let's talk about our pets. Let's talk about our dogs. Now that is Maya Mackie right there, and she is jumping for joy in slow motion, and you're saying why. And Stella and her friend writer are going to, to tell you Declan it's because of Nutrisource it's because of the delicious food that these dogs the nutritious food that they get from Nutrisource on a daily basis that can be their meals that can be the training rewards treats and finally let's see your guy tell me how much of that guy loves his Nutrisource he loves his Nutrisource whether it's uh him teasing me or him taking my work badge like he is in this photo or whether he's you know posing <laughs> like one of my French girls on, on on the floor he loves his Nutrisource treats okay oh. he absolutely loves it he doesn't like bath time, but, you know, he does know, all right, even though I'm soaking wet here and I loathe this, I do get some Nutrisource treats in between washes. So uh, thank you to our friends at Nutrisource for making my dog's bath time just a little bit more bearable. NutrisourcePetFoods.com. Find out more. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. All right, question number two, and I believe I've Got, got this right since you made me shuffle the questions around. Question number two is, and we touched on this briefly on a twin show on Monday, would you consider, or hell, you know what, would you have Brooks Lee on your postseason roster for the first round? So, in theory, yes. I would. I would. Um, he's just hitting everywhere he goes. Yes, he gets off to slow starts, um, but he's a professional hitter. 
the problem I have here, or the or not the problem, but the the flaw in the ointment is they probably will not bump out Kyle Farmer for Royce Lewis. They love Kyle Farmer. Now, Brooks Lee, you mean? Yes, yes. Sorry, we're not Royce Lewis. Lewis. They love they love Royce Lewis too. Uh, but Kyle Farmer is their like Swiss Army knife infielder. He's a veteran. They don't want to probably put Brooks Lee now. I believe playoff rosters are still 26 players, at least uh, for the wild card round ALDS. If this was 27, 28 players, yeah, I can easily create a roster spot probably there for uh, for Brooks Lee to to be promoted up here. Yep. I I don't know they want to put that on the kid. Well, I I wouldn't be shocked if he gets called up maybe in September because of injuries or whatnot, or if he's just around you know the the clubhouse. That wouldn't surprise me to a degree. I don't think they're going to want to rush him. I don't think they want to throw him into the fire. If it was up to me, yes, I would I would figure out a way to get him up here. But I think they like Kyle Farmer way too much, and they will not be calling up Brooks Lee. So now don't forget, too, because on the surface, I agree completely. Calling up Brooks Lee for the playoffs seems like a very untwins-like move. But keep in mind, Alex Kirloff was was called up and got his first big league hit in yeah. the playoff series in the two-game loss. Um, to the Astros. And so it's not unprecedented. The other thing that we are seeing is we are seeing a lot of teams call up young prospects right now. A lot of teams are incentivized to promote kids. Here's what I would do. I would have Brooks Lee. And, and just, just to be clear, so Brooks Lee has graduated from AA Wichita to AAA uh, St. Paul. And for the season now, between those two levels of baseball, he is slashing 286, 355, 465. So his OPS is 820. He has 12 home runs and 69 RBIs in 100 games exactly. In St. Paul, because he got off to a tough start, he is slashing 245, 281, 396 with a home run and eight runs driven in in 13 games. But everywhere he goes, it takes him a little bit of an adjustment, and then he gets going. I would have him on the roster instead of Joey Gallo. Okay. So I would not take Farmer off because I and, and I'm sort of with you in your in what you think the Twins think, and I'm also Kyle Farmer is valuable for what he does. Like yeah. he is not if he had been and the Korea thing in retrospect, the long the contract might have been a mistake but the plan was to have Kyle Farmer be their everyday shortstop and if Kyle Farmer was it would have been an unmitigated disaster but for what Kyle Farmer does now it's fine yes. um but Joey Gallo again to me I would rather have Brooks Lee get, getting the experience and potentially playing than Gallo cuz I see Gallo as just a strikeout machine and to use your term, it's sort of like this hope. Well, can he run into a pitch? Can he run in? That's no way to live your life. So I would rather have Brooks Lee get the experience and play him a little bit. Um, and also your playoff roster for the first round can be reset again. So it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, my God, we, we, you know, first round, we're stuck with Brooks Lee now and he's crying in the dugout. That's not the case. So I think that the cure, the cure law precedent to me is interesting and opens up the door for this conversation not being completely pie in the sky and i do see a lot of upside to getting brooks lee experience here um especially if there's a good chance and there is that brooks lee is going to be on your opening day 2024 roster so i could see this being a win in a lot of ways and if it was at farmer's expense i sort of agree with you it's sort of like okay but he does a lot um especially like grunt baseball work right 
Yeah. But Joey Gallo, again, you know, unless you're convinced he's going to just go crazy in the playoffs, and we've seen nothing to suggest that, aside from a four-for-four four sort of fluke game in Philadelphia, I would have Brooksley in and Joey Gallo out. And I guess the conundrum you face then there is, are you okay with your outfield depth being basically Buxton, Taylor, Walner, Kepler, and Kirloff to a degree. And I know Kirloff's played mostly first. Yeah. Um, and then Willie Castro when he comes back from injury. Yes. And my, my answer is yes, because I think Taylor can probably play in a pinch left field. Yeah. So Buxton's back. So yeah. if Buxton's back and can play the outfield, I've now gone up an outfielder. So I, I think the conundrum would be if Buxton still was resigned to only DHing. But if this plan is true and he can play center field again, and you're going to put him out there? Well, now Taylor's, Taylor flexibility sort of kicks in for Gallo. Unless he says, I can't play left. But I'm hard-pressed to think of a center fielder who's really good who can't play a corner spot. Agreed. So anyway, I, I think the Brooks Lee question is intriguing. It is, but, yeah. I mean, I, I was also t- I asked if there was any plans for him to play second base in St. Paul, and I was told flat out no. They, they plan to him just be third base and shortstop. Every lineup I've seen him has either been at those two positions outside of DH2. Um, there's no plans as of right now to play Brooks Lee at second base. And sure. then if you do break camp next year with Royce Lewis, Carlos Correa, Brooks Lee, well, then what do you do? <laughs> like legitimately, what do you do? Well, I could see. I could see uh, having Brooks Lee play some second in, in like the Arizona fall league and then in Florida. But yeah, I agree. I wouldn't make him play second right now because it's a, that's a recipe for disaster though in, in a playoff game in St. Paul would be fine, but I can see the argument against that. I just think the Brooks Lee is at, is at a point where it might make sense. And I don't know that Joey Gallo does a damn thing for you. I'm sorry. I know people love, the home yeah, runs and the high fly I'm balls. <laughs> There's a Gallo high fly ball. I just don't give a damn. And you're gaining an outfielder back potentially. Okay, the third uh, question before we get to that, I want to talk to you about um, something that I have a question for you, and that is very simple. Do you want to drop weight? Do you want to get on a program that works? If the answer to that is yes, then guess what? I have the people for you to call or contact. That is my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers, who for three consecutive years now, three consecutive years, they have been voted the best weight loss program in the state. That means they are the best. That means they are the champions. That means they are winning playoff games when it comes to the world of weight loss. They are winning championships. And the program works. I was on it a couple of years ago, dropped approximately 40 pounds. We've had a ton of people, Score North listeners and viewers, who have sent us notes saying this is an incredible program. And and it's in the state here. It's based here. But guess what? If you're outside the state and watching the twin show right now, Livia can help you because it all can be done virtually. Their nutritionists and dietitians are absolutely fantastic. And so I want you to check that them out. And the offer right now is three months free. That's right. Three months free. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, Livia.com, L-I-V-E-A.com. If you're looking to lose that weight, if you're looking to get those clothes to fit, Livia is your first step, Livia.com. All right, I got third and final question before we get to the immaculate grid, Declan Goff, and it is this. Assuming Joe Ryan is back, which I'm assuming he will be back and healthy again, 
Who is your three-man rotation for the first round of, of the playoffs, game one, game two, and hopefully uh, a game three, if you don't sweep, of course. And I'm going to assume the Twins aren't going to sweep. And who do you put in the bullpen and then or leave off the roster from the six? Jorge Lopez, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Kenta Maeda, Bailey Ober, and Mr. Perfection, Dallas Keuchel. Uh, so I still am going Sonny Gray game one. I, I won't be upset if it's Pablo Lopez either. Uh, this is a good problems to have. Hell, Seattle kind of has this too, obviously, with their two guys. Uh, but I, I'm going Sonny Gray. I want the Bulldog on the mound there. Uh, he starts game one for me. Then into Pablo Lopez for game two. And assuming he's right now, Joe Ryan starts game three. I have Joe Ryan starting game three. Um, I know he's, he gave up one long ball, and that's been his problem uh, after the injury he had. He gave up a ton of home runs. Um, and I, uh, when I worked at the St. Saint Paul Saints a few years ago, Kerry Leitenberg, a great MLB reliever for the Braves, who was the pitching oh, yeah. coach there for a long time, yeah. uh, he used to say, it's okay to give up bombs as long as they're solo bombs. Well, if you're giving up bombs and bombs on bombs on bombs, then those solo bombs add up. He's just, Joe Ryan just has to keep the ball in the ballpark. And sure. I think if he's right, he starts game three for me. Um, and that means, Juddy, I mean, that's a rubber match, too. Now, I don't think the Twins are going to outsmart themselves by, you know, like they did with Randy Dobnek starting game two instead of no. Jake Rizzi in game three. Joe Agreed. Ryan would be the guy there potentially right in a game three rubber match with the, with the opportunity to advance in the playoffs. You're turning the ball over there with a, the series tied one to one to a guy who is now battling injuries. I think it's Joe Ryan, which means I have Kenta Maeda and Bailey Ober in the bullpen. I think Maeda, you could maybe make a case um, that who has experience doing this, that it's kind of this piggyback, right? It's Joe Ryan and Kenta Maeda out of the bullpen. It's a handcuff. It's a handcuff, yes. Yeah. Piggyback handcuff there. I I can actually see that happening. Bailey Ober, um, he's fine, but he's probably of these starters. And look, Dallas Keuchel's great. Spoiler alert, I don't have Dallas Keuchel on my playoff roster. It's just, it is what it is. but Bailey Ober is probably the man I would trust the least to start a playoff game at this point. Uh, I would put Kenta Maeda over him, but that's how I would roll. I would go Sonny Gray into Pablo Lopez into Joe Ryan. Maybe there's a piggyback handcuff with Kenta Maeda there for game three, but that's how I would roll that first rotation. So I think you could piggyback, or I think that you could handcuff guys starting with game one too, because you can't afford bad starts. So, and and here's the, so here's where, so one, I'm with you. Keiko, I'm not going to have on. Uh, thank you for your service. You're an awesome guy. You <laughs> made the Pirates look terrible. Um, Laz Diaz helped you. But I'm not going to take up a spot with a guy who maybe can get soft contact. But, oh, we're playing a good team, and now that ball is on the roof of Target Center. So, but here's where I, so here's where the, the handcuff game, though, to me, and this is a new twist. So I've got like a new twist here going. for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I disagree with you in that I would go Lopez Gray, but let's just say they don't. Let's say they go Gray Lopez. Sonny Gray has been victim of one bad inning. Yeah. I don't think you can afford that. In a quick series, I don't think you can put up with uh well, that's the fourth and he's getting the crap kicked out of him. Let's hope. I think the ha- I think the handcuff on Sonny Gray has to be right there. And so that's the one where would you make it Maeda or Ober? Because I think when, and he, and by the way, one, I think Gray is gone. I don't think he's staying here. So I don't care that much, but two, I think he'll go ballistic, but I'm getting him out. So dude, if that starts, 
if there's two men on, if there's three men on, somebody's up and throwing out. Like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing the August dance of, oh, it's just one bad inning. Who would you handcuff to him for that, that game? Because I feel like Sonny Gray, much more than Pablo, has shown the predisposition to when it goes south, the inning goes really south. And I ain't giving up four or five runs, Dex. And it's not even just the bad inning for Sonny. It's the pitch count. Like, Son- Sonny can Sonny wraps up his pitch count a ton. So, and I know that then probably leads to a bad inning because you're throwing, you know, 15, 15, 20 pitches per inning. Eventually, the more pitches the lineup sees, the more they're going to get on base, et cetera. Um, so that's also hurting against him. And I would, I would have Maeda. Maeda is my handcuff. He has experience doing this. I know he had displeasure towards the end of his Dodgers tenure of doing that. But yeah, dude, too bad. Too bad. We're in the playoffs here. Yeah. And I, that's, I love your theory there. I don't think they will do that for game one. I think they will trust their bullpen for game one. Like, so it's, it's going to be a Griffin Jacks first out of the pen. It's going to be Emilio Pagan first guy out of the pen. But what if gray, but gray, here's the one weird thing. So like if you're in the sixth and he starts to go South, I think you're probably right. But gray, you don't know when it's coming. Like it's like an earthquake. Like, so let's say he starts to struggle in the third. Yes. Okay. Your example would be then if he's struggling in the third, there's, he's getting up a couple runs, the pitch counts high, it's not working. Then you would slap the handcuff on to start the fourth. Or I'd get him. Yes, I, I would get him out when it's, but but the problem is if it starts to go bad, I'm going to have to get him out in the inning because I can't afford to give up five. So that, that's my point though. If, if they, if they give, if Sonny Gray runs into trouble early in the first two innings, that's, they're not, they're not going to do that in the fifth. Like, you know what I mean? Like if, if it's by the fifth, they're going to turn to their bullpen. Sure. If things are going bad the first time through the order and it's the third inning, and he's got a high okay. pitch count and Seattle has a couple runs on the board. That's when you'd slap the handcuff on. If he gets to the fifth or sixth, there's no point. Like, like there, there's no okay, point yeah. to put on the, the handcuff there for Maeda. That's in my opinion, when it would make sense. I just think the most important thing is, and th- this is like, if you're in the fifth and I agree to a point, but if you're in the fifth and it starts to go bad, you have to get him out immediately. Like that's the thing. You can't wait for the devastation. Like if the earthquake hits and you're like, let's wait the earthquake out. Well, now you're down by five runs. So my point is, if it happens in the fifth, the handcuff has to be there because I don't want to start to tax my bullpen because I need them the next day and and hopefully the next day. So that's where I think with Gray, there's a very interesting discussion to be had about you can't afford to say, let's let him get three outs. Because the problem is they do that. And now you're down by four runs or something like that. So I do think that that's, Like Gray has shown the inability at times to work through successfully in inning to the point where I think that there has to be a discussion um, because I have a lot more faith in Lopez than I do Gray right now. But if Gray's going good, to your point, Dex, he's a bulldog. So it's just all like I wonder how the Twins are going to approach that. It's going to be interesting. In fact, uh, they haven't announced playoff priority yet, but they got some good seats coming up here. Uh, Texas is coming to town this week, and that's going to be a fun one. Uh, you You got the Gardos. Who are coming to town also Mets next coming week. to town in a couple yep. weeks. Just a nail, dumpster fire. Steve Cohen is creating nail the Guardians down. You can watch a dumpster fire of the Mets who don't really come to Target Field very often. The Rays are going to be here also in the middle of September. You can go to twins.com slash tickets to get yours today to watch all these guys. Maybe Joe Ryan makes his appearance back this weekend potentially against Texas. Judd puts on his meet the Mets hat. Uh not too surprising there. But uh should we get to Immaculate Grid, Judd Zogas? Let's do it. Let's do it. Do this? Okay. Love so it. We'll get to Immaculate Grid here. I will put six minutes on the clock once we get started. I will pop up the Immaculate Grid on the screen for the YouTube audience. Here's what we're looking for. 
Uh, and also, this I'm just being nitpicky because he's not here. Bill always reads this from right to left, and you know, like he reads it from the top teams down. I think that's more. I think you should uh, go from left to right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, your your mic's being weird. My mic's being weird. Do you got? You there. know what it is? It might be the music. Do you have me now? Hold yep. on. Okay. Yep, you're fine now. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna read this as I was uh that got blurted out. I think Phil Mackey's ghost then heard me. I'm gonna read this from a left to right. <laughs> He's not I, dead. We need him. Yeah. We don't. We, we need him alive, please. Uh, from left to right, we need an Astro who was a White Sox. We need an Astro who was a Baltimore Oriole. We need a Astro who had a 40 home run season. In the middle grid, we need a Angel who was a White Sox, an Angel who was an Oriole, and an Angel who had a 40 home run season. On the bottom, we need a White Sox who had 500 career home runs. We need a Baltimore Orioles player who had 500 career home runs. And for the last square, we need a player with a 40 home run season who also has 500 career home runs. No, it doesn't matter with the team. So that is our grid. I will put the six minutes on the clock, Judd Zolgiad, and I will start it right now. Okay. Um, look, the obvious one for White Sox and Astro is Jose Abreu right now. Yes, Jose Abreu would work. That's a high rarity score, but we can, we can just knock it out right there. So. Yeah, it's fine. 42%, pretty high. Okay. Yep, yep. Um, should we knock out the 40-plus home run seasons? Sure, sure, sure. sure. All right. Uh, how about, should we just do Killer for sure. 500 Absolutely. and the 40? Yeah, I love it. Harmon Killerbrew, pay tribute to the great man. 2%, that's good. 2%? What, what's going on with you people? What are you, the Hall of Famer, damn it. Uh, 500 um, career, and these are just guys who have 500 career home Frank runs. Frank Thomas? It's not, it's not all with them. Frank, Tony. Frank Tom- um, yeah, Frank. Should we do Frank or Tommy? Did Tommy play for Baltimore? He did. So let's use so use him for yes. Baltimore. Frank Thomas for the Sox. That's sixty percent. That's fine. We're not going to get a rarity score today. We're just. I mean, Tommy we're just two guys trying to do the birds, best we can. That's nine percent. Okay, All good. Right, a forty home run season for the Strohs. So even with their last like six years of dominance, I don't know if anyone's hit forty for them. That's a lot of jacks. Yeah, that is a lot of jacks for... Did Bagwell Judd get 40? Ooh, I bet he did. Because he was in the steroid era. So the Bs, they have Berkman, you have Bagwell. Biggio yeah, wasn't a 40 no, home run Craig guy. Craig Biggio was not a 40 home run guy. Bagwell? Um, I think Bagwell. Yeah, I'm guessing there's not a lot of Houston guys that have had... I, th- I think you're solid here. Ooh, 50, yeah, we're going to have a high. That's fine. I, I, I don't think there's a lot. Um... Angel. The Angels, Reggie Lad. Jackson, Reggie Jackson played, oh. played okay. for him for a while. Now, did did he have to have it with the, the Angels though? Yes, this one. He, okay, is... then don't don't pull the trigger on that because um, I'm not sure he did it with the Angels because that was late in his career. So Vlad Win, Winfield played for him. Did Vlad um, hit forty? Yeah, Vlad's hit forty. I'm pretty sure. With them, okay. I, if I want to flex, Troy Gloss, I feel like did this. But that's a flex, and I feel yeah, like we've kind of... we're we're taking it on the chin on a rarity score right now. So I would do guys that that, that we're more sure of. Vlad. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, but it, it sounds right. Oh. No. Incorrect. Oh boy. Incorrect. Did Winfield do it anyway? Okay, let's keep moving on. Uh, bird who was a stro, um, the pitcher. Bud Norris, that's a flex right there. Bud Norris. Did anyone, um, because I, 
actually, I think Baltimore, I think Baltimore's GM came from Houston, right? Um, so there had to be some crossover there. Um, I'm trying to think about the old days too, if there were any Astros from the old National League days that went to Baltimore. Halfway Bud Norris, we, we got three minutes. Um, Bud Norris, you think? Yeah. Oh wait, there had to be a Peacock. There has to be a starting pitcher, right? Yeah. Um, there has to be a Brad starter. Brad Peacock, I think, pitched for both. Mm, mm, I'm still reeling over our Angels. Um, Brad Peacock? Yeah. Were there any catchers who moved around? Slappies before? Matt Wieters went to the Braves, I think, after. And then they had a McCann. McCann was with the Yankees and the Braves. I don't think he played oh. for the Birds. Oh, okay. Brian McCann. Yep. Um, yeah. Try um, try Bud. Bud Norris is a good one. I mean, he pitched for a bunch of teams. It sounds like a. At there you go. Two percent. Nice. Okay, Angel who was a sock and an Angel who was an O. Oh, Reggie Jackson for the Orioles. Orioles played, and Angels. He played a year for the Baltimore Orioles. Seven percent. All right, Take so now we have one guess left. Um, yeah, so we so we'll use it on the Angels and Sox, right? I mean, just we can use it. The, yeah, yeah, it's true. We can use just it forget the, the forty home run thing. We've screwed that up beyond belief. We're done. Okay, so Angel, who was a White Sox pitcher, is trying to think of pitchers. Oh, you know what? Oh no, 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 no. He didn't play for the White Sox. What am I thinking? Harold Baines never played for the Angels. I'm trying to think old school as well. Um, catchers. Scott Pesednik. Did Scott Pesednik play for? He was a Diamondback. He, he was definitely Scott. a White Sox. He was a he was an outfield for the White Sox. I remember that. I don't know Edwin. Oh Jack- oh, oh 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 Brian Downing. Brian Downing. D O. Yep. Three percent on that one, Judd Zolgad. I'm gonna look at Troy Gloss right now. Let's see. I here. think you might be right on that. There's only four. There's only four. Yeah, there's not gonna be that many. Who who are they? Oh my god, we're why did we get cute here? By the way, Troy Gloss did do it. Did it twice. But we we, we totally ignored Shohei Otani and Trout. <laughs> Trout and Trout and Shohei yeah. were. Yeah, we're yeah, staring us yeah. down the gun there, and we weren't going to rarity score. My mind always goes back in time. That that's that's yeah. part of my problem. The Abreu one is the odd thing for me. My mind always goes back. Uh, yeah, four. you're right. We should have just done Trout oh, or Glaus. Yeah, so Troy did do it. Troy Glaus did it twice. He had 47, 41. So, so if we just said Glaus, damn it, route. and that would have been the rarest one because everyone would have went Trout uh, and uh, almost dropped an F bomb. I'm so upset with us. Oh, God. We're not immaculate. We're not immaculate this time. That's a pretty good grid. I know. I know. A lot of AL teams. We should have we should have nailed that. Should have nailed that. Uh, Drop us some comments on uh, how much you'd loathe or despise my playoff lineup and what else uh, maybe you would do if you were Rocco Baldelli trying to run a game one lineup against a righty or a left-handed starting pitcher. Hit the subscribe button for Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Head on over to Purple Daily as well for some TJ Hawkinson and training camp notes discussion. Uh, Write that down, predictions. We're going to be held accountable 
tomorrow on both shows. We just worried about the grid and we sucked. That was not great. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow on Wednesday for Write That Down.